And welcome to episode 105 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. David Ortiz calls out Mike Fires, and Mike Fires is receiving death threats. Of course, Mike Fires, he's the whistleblower in the Astros sign stealing scandal. We're going to break that all down, give you the latest on that. And then the NBA buyout market is heating up. Markeith Morris. Bought out by the Detroit Pistons. Will he sign with the Los Angeles Lakers? And then Tua Tagovailoa, is he headed to the Dallas Cowboys? Lots and lots to get into. Topics on topics, takes on takes, here on episode 105 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then be sure to head to YouTube and give me all your takes down in the comments section. Got one from Mayo who says, corruption in sports too. Damn. Daniel Walker says, if it's just a piece of metal, Manfred, go collect your trash and then retire. So keep hitting me up with those comments, and I'll keep reading them off live on the Get More Sports podcast. We've got a jam-packed show for you guys, lots to get into, so let's get right into it. It's showtime! Are you ready? Let's get it on. And you know we had to start the show with the Astros sign-stealing scandal. What's the latest? Well, today, Mike Fires, the whistleblower who exposed the Houston Astros for the 2017 sign-stealing scandal that rocked Major League Baseball, is taking some heat from former Red Sox great David Ortiz. Big Poppy called Mike Fires a snitch. He defended Rob Manfred. He told everyone, hey, you need to chillax. Well, here's David Ortiz on Mike Fires. Commissioner Manfred has been legit since day one. People need to chillax. People need to let him do his job. Players need to let him do what he thinks is better for the game and for everything else. You know what I'm saying? And stop putting him on the spot and telling him what to do. I, I, I'm mad at, at, at this guy, the pitcher that came out talking about it. And let me tell you why. Oh, after you make your money, after you get your ring, you decide to talk about it? Why don't you talk about it during the season? when it was going on. Why, why, why you didn't say, I don't want to be no part of, or oh, now? So you look like a snitch, you know what I mean? Why you got to talk about it after? Why, that's, that's my problem, you know? Why, why nobody say anything while it was going on? So the first thing I want to say about Big Poppy's take is, hate it. And secondly, I would love to see David Ortiz's reaction if this had been a National League team doing it against his Boston Red Sox. What if it was the Los Angeles Dodgers that cheated to beat his Red Sox in 2018? I think he'd be singing a different tune here. And another thing to consider, he's good friends with Alex Cora. Alex Cora and David Ortiz, they're friends. Alex Cora was the manager of the 2018 Red Sox that won the World Series. We still don't know what the Red Sox report says as far as how badly they were cheating. So I lost a lot of respect for David Ortiz. And if I'm David Ortiz, I stay out of this. I leave this alone because you're going to get guys like me looking way back to when you got caught using steroids. We begin tonight with a Red Sox shocker. The New York Times is reporting that beloved Boston slugger David Ortiz tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs back in 2003, along with then-teammate Manny Ramirez. One year before the Red Sox won their first World Series title in 86 years. Sports director Patrick Little joins us now with the developing details. So when it comes to David Ortiz, you got to take it with a big shovel of salt. Remember earlier in that year, before he tested positive for steroid use, this is what he told reporters. Like I say, man, this game 
being hurt a lot already. This is a family game. We have a lot of family that enjoy this game, and I don't think this game can take any more. I guarantee you that pretty much more than 80 or 90% of the players are playing clean. You go team by team, you test everybody, three, four times a year, banging for the whole year. So you just want to get tough. Yeah. Now, in the years since, David Ortiz has a theory as to why he was included in that report, and his theory is that it was just the New York Yankees that were doing steroids. Guys like Alex Rodriguez, Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens, and that Major League Baseball didn't want it to look like it was just the New York Yankees, the pinstripes, the marquee franchise, so they want to include some Red Sox players. Guys like Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz. Yeah, so let me get this straight. David Ortiz never did steroids, and on top of that, he has a big conspiracy theory that they included Red Sox players because they didn't want to include just Yankee players. Lies, lies, and more lies, and lies on top of lies. So so really, David Ortiz should have nothing but R-E-S-P-E-C-T for Mike Fires because now we can start to clean up the game. Now pitchers don't have to worry about cameras in the outfield walls, sign stealing, Apple Watches, all the technology, replay rooms. We can start to put an end to all this nefarious activity that was plaguing Major League Baseball. So he should have nothing but respect for Mike Fires. Now, of course, ideally, Mike Fires would have blown the whistle in real time. He would expose the Astros back in 2017, but you don't know the dynamics of that clubhouse. You don't know the type of pressure guys like Mike Fires would have been under. Hey, if Mike Fires was Jose Altuve or one of the best players on that team, maybe it would have been a different story. I mean, even if their own manager, A.J. Hinch, he said that he would take bats and he would destroy the monitors. That's how frustrated he was. That's how badly he says he wanted it to end. And if the manager couldn't end it, what makes you think Mike Fires could? So David Ortiz, you should be proud of Mike Fires. Mike Fires is the hero in all this. Mike Fires is the guy that will be remembered for blowing the whistle on the 2017 Astros. And he's suffering the consequences because Mike Fires is now getting death threats. On receiving death threats, Mike Fires said, whatever, I don't care. I've dealt with a lot of death threats before. It's just another thing on my plate, he told the San Francisco Chronicle on Thursday. If I'm worried about any retaliation, I'm not going to be ready for the season. I said from the beginning, I'm not away from this. I was part of that team. I was one of those guys. Suspensions, fines, I'm willing to take as much punishment as they do. If they ask me to return the ring, it's not the end of the world. So first of all, if you're making death threats to Mike Fires, you're nothing but a L7 Winnie. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Meyer even. Footlong. Dodger dog. If you're throwing death threats to Mike Fires, you're just straight trash, straight garbage. It's inexcusable. You really should be locked up for doing stuff like that. So I find it kind of odd that Mike Fires is the one getting death threats when it was the Houston Astros that killed integrity in Major League Baseball. And we've got some breaking news here on the Get More Sports Podcast. Markeith Morris has been bought out by the Detroit Pistons, and Sham Sharkania reported that it was between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Toronto Raptors, and Markeith Morris will be headed to the Los Angeles Lakers. Markeith Morris has signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. This is per Sham Sharkania of The Athletic. He tweeted out Markeith Morris plans to sign with the Lakers. League sources tell The Athletic and Stadium. 
Shans will go on to tweet, Morris has been sold on a backup power forward role with the Lakers with more minutes for Kyle Kuzma at the three now. Sets up Markeith versus Marcus Morris in Los Angeles. So if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, this is exactly what you needed. You remember, the Lakers, they struck out in a potential deal that would have sent Marcus Morris, his brother, to the Lakers in exchange for Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma. The Lakers thought the asking price was too high, so instead they get his brother, Markeith Morris, on the buyout market. This year, Markeith Morris, he's averaging 11 points per game, 3.9 rebounds. He's played in 44 games, and if you remember, he signed a two-year contract with Detroit in July, and it's around 4.3 million remaining over the length of his deal. So he gets that buyout and signs with the Lakers. And this is exactly what the Lakers needed. The Lakers, they needed some additional wing depth because they're going to be battling through that Western Conference into the finals, some elite wings, and now they have that depth with Markeith Morris, a major signing for the Lakers. Laker fans everywhere were like, Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag worthy clap. Oh, oh there it is. Oh. On a bad leg and By everything. The way, the first Worthy clap. Mm. Yeah, get it warmed up, big game. Since knee replacement mm. surgery. Get it warmed up. Yeah. All right, send them in. So a little worthy clap there for the Laker fans getting Markeith Morris. But hey, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, this was a move that needed to be made. You needed to get Markeith Morris on that buyout option. You struck out on Darren Collison. And Markeith Morris also, he stays away from the Los Angeles Clippers. Hey, you never know. They played together in Kansas. They might want to play together again. They have matching tattoos. Now, when I say matching tattoos, I don't mean they have a couple. I mean all the tattoos they have, the other brother has. So the Clippers didn't get a little buy one more, get the next one free. Bruh. And the Lakers, they needed him so desperately. Now this puts the Lakers in a spot where they can get more out of Kyle Kuzma. You can reduce Rondo's minutes. And Markeith Morris, he brings some dog. He brings some intensity, some tenacity. The Lakers need him. They're going to need him for this stretch run. And I love this move for the Los Angeles Lakers. It really saves them. And LeBron James, Anthony Davis, they start this home stretch. And it's just been reported right now that the Lakers waived Boogie Cousins. So you remember Boogie Cousins? He tore his ACL. He never suited up in one game for the Los Angeles Lakers. There was some talk, some optimism that he may return late in the playoffs towards the finals, but he is gone. And you got to feel for Boogie Cousins. An Achilles, a quad, an ACL, didn't get that max deal with the Kings or the Pelicans. And if you're Boogie Cousins, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, hey, I think you'd rather see Boogie Cousins on the bench wearing Balenciaga or any of those designer brands they wear than to see Rondo in uniform. So if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, they opted to wave Boogie Cousins. And yeah, you've got a feel for Boogie, man. He's been bad luck Boogie in the last three years. And some more news with the Los Angeles Lakers. The game that was originally scheduled for January 28th, the Tuesday game, was rescheduled due to the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant passed away on January 26th. Rest in peace, Mamba forever. They rescheduled the game for April 9th. That is when the Clippers and the Lakers will face off. And what this does is it gives you a back-to-back-to-back. -to -back -to -back. The Lakers, they're going to have games on April 7th, 8th, and 9th. So the Lakers, they're going to host the Warriors on the 7th. Then they're going to play the Bulls at home on the 8th. And then the Clippers the following day on April 9th. So based on the circumstances, this is more than understandable. The tragic loss of Kobe Bryant, whatever had to be done to reschedule that game, it was the right move. It was a no-brainer, and now the Lakers, they're going to play the Clippers on April 9th. 
As far as Markeith Morris goes, we'll see what he can do for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think it's going to be a big move. It's going to pay dividends in the playoffs when they're going against these wings and these forwards in the Western Conference. So one thing I'm certain of is that either Markeith or Marcus is going to win a ring this year. One of the Morris twins is going to win a Larry O'Brien trophy. I just don't know which one it is because I know it's either going to be the Lakers or the Clippers coming out of the West. They're going to be going against the Milwaukee Bucks. To me, that's a formality, and I think it's going to be the West. I think it's going to be either the Lakers or the Clippers. Markeith or Marcus, which one? I don't know, but a Morris twin is getting a ring. This weekend, you have a heavyweight title fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Wilder versus Fury 2 is going down this Saturday night at the MGM Grand. Lots of hype surrounding this fight. And today, you had the much-anticipated weigh-ins between the supersized duel between two of the greatest fighters alive. Before they can get it on Saturday night, they have to step on the scale on Friday. And Tyson Fury was the first to weigh in. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring our fighters to the scale at this time. First, the undefeated lineal heavyweight champion with a record of 29 wins, no losses. One draw with 20 wins coming by way of knockout. Here is the former unified heavyweight champion of the world, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. And Tyson Fury weighs in at 273 pounds. So the Gypsy King weighs in at a massive 273 pounds. Now let's check on Deontay Wilder's weigh-in. And now to the scale at this time with a record of 42 wins, no losses, one draw, 41 wins coming by way of knockout, making the 11th defense of his title. Here is the undefeated WBC heavyweight champion of the world, the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. 231 pounds for Deontay Wilder, 231. So 273 compared to 231. By the way, did Deontay Wilder kind of look like LeBron James with that do-rag on? That's what I was thinking of. But this fight has everyone buzzing. But let's take a look at what's at stake. What's at stake on Saturday night is Wilder's WBC title and Fury's lineal crown. Those are the tangible jewels in play, along with the winner knowing he'll get the higher end of the negotiated 60-40 split for a third fight that Saturday's loser has 30 days to accept. So there's much deeper prizes at stake, and it's all about the money. So whoever wins, whoever loses, is going to have a bigger financial incentive to win this fight. You win the fight, you get more money the next time it goes down. And then secondly, and most importantly, the winner of Saturday Night Showdown is going to be considered the best heavyweight fighter in the world. Whoever wins Wilder vs. Fury 2 is going to be recognized as the premier heavyweight fighter on the planet. So who has the edge in Saturday night's bout? Well, let's start with punching power. This one is a no-brainer. Advantage, Deontay Wilder. He's not just the best puncher on Saturday night. The question is, is he the most powerful puncher in boxing history? We all know that Fury said he's going to come out and try to get the knockout. Well, Wilder said he has pillow punches. So this one's a no-brainer. Everything that Wilder touches, he crushes. Now, who's the best trash talker of these two heavyweights? You be the judge. Yeah, ever. 
He better not ever say he got me to big time box. Ever and again, I'm a slapper because. If Welcome anybody, to big time boxing. I'm waiting for the slap. Everybody to big time boxing is me. Don't you don't, don't ever forget when I found you, you were you were strung out on coke. When I found you, you was you was like a big house contemplating about killing yourself. So don't you ever forget who brought you to big time box. I drug you back. I brought you back. That's I was the man who beat Vladimir fair. Klitschko we and took over the division, to. not you. That is fair. And I brought you I'm to big talking. time boxing. Tyson, I give you your I'm biggest payday you've ever had. I'm talking big woman. Cherry picked me. You were contemplating you about killing pussy. yourself because you didn't want to leave And that's anymore. the man you what? wanted to take on, was it? Bro, the man who was going to kill himself. I said, get your you fat ass up. An easy victory, I said, you get in that gym. I said, I dare you to come back. I said, you won't come back. And what you did. Come on. I come you back heard, and kick you your heard, ass you all over. Me. I know what nervous energy is and what it looks like and what it smells like, pussy. Now, when it comes to speed, Fury has the advantage. He's fast, he's furious, and he has freakishly great speed for a man his size. What he likes to do, he likes to use that quick jab as a way to get his opponents off balance and throw off their rhythm. So he's very adept at using that quick jab. He's going to be doing it all night. Now, Wilder has some great speed too, but nothing like Fury. Speed advantage goes to Fury. Now, when it comes to defense, yes, Wilder is much more responsible defensively than he gets credit for. He uses power and his athleticism to avoid big shots, but he won't have that length advantage that he usually enjoys. He usually has a pretty significant length advantage. That won't be the case with Fury. Fury is just a straight-out master. He's a technician out there. He knows how to slip shots. He knows how to avoid big contact, and I'm going Fury. Now, who do I have in this fight? Look, the first matchup, Fury outboxed Wilder, and he vowed to be more aggressive in this fight, but I think that Wilder is still going to get the best of him. I think that he could be a little too aggressive. Wilder, that punching power is historically great, might be the best pound-for-pound -pound power puncher in the history of boxing, so I'm going with Deontay Wilder. I think he's going to knock him out in the seventh round. Give me a seventh-round knockout by Deontay Wilder. Yes, the Gypsy King, I believe in him. Him. Wouldn't be surprised if he won by decision, if he outboxes him again. But I'm a little concerned for Fury. I think that he's going to be too aggressive. I think he's going to throw caution to the wind. And then when Fury does that, he's going to open himself up. Wilder is going to take advantage. He's going to open himself up to some of those right rights. And it's going to be night-night for Fury. Wilder is going to dethrone the Gypsy King by knockout in round seven. But before we wrap, I want to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day. Who held the heavyweight title of the world for the longest? The record is held by Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis, he was the heavyweight champ for an incredible 11 years and 8 months from 1937 to 1949. But that is going to do it for episode 105 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And be sure to check us out on YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. Give me all your takes so I can read them off live on the next episode of the Get More Sports Podcast. Have a great weekend. You got some big games. You got the fight Saturday night, Lakers, Celtics on Sunday. Watch all the sports. See you guys Monday, and I'm out.